0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's better than this, guys? here on the Draft Dudes podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joel Marino and Kyle Graffs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Tuesday edition of the show. Excited to get into some of the big headlines that happened yesterday. We've got our, uh, my favorite segment of the week, Takes on Takes, and uh, we've got a fun segment later on where Kyle and I are going to dig into some very specific predictions on a couple of pro teams and a couple of college teams. Kyle, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Joe. Really excited to uh, get into the takes of the listeners. I'm happy to report I did survive Mock Monday. Uh, Hellfire and brimstone aside, it was great to kind of put it behind us. And, you know, my my takes are out there now. The mock draft has been assembled. I've only pissed off a couple of of fan bases. So life's good. As we enter this Tuesday for takes on takes because I feel like just the weight of the world's off the shoulders, you know, it's, you know, you're on the other side of that, that thing that's been looming on the horizon for a really long time. And we made it. So here we are. Was there
0: a particular fan base that was most unpleased with their pick?
1: Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars were not too fond of the idea of drafting another Missouri quarterback.
0: <laughs> I saw you dealing with some of that as if there is something that has to do with Drew Locke um, that, you know, pertains to Blaine Gabbard. But that's often how people see things just because of the school they went to and the position and past experiences all they Well,
1: yeah, listen, man. I mean, the team only had a completely different head coach, general manager, and team owner. When, when they drafted Blaine Gabbert versus uh, the, the folks that are in place now. So, I mean, I'm sure there's somebody, like maybe the equipment manager, remembers Gabbert and is like, oh, no, you can't take that Missouri kid. And he's I remember the last one that came through here. I'm not in on that at all.
0: Uh, that would be fun to look at and see if there's any examples where a team took a quarterback or something from a particular school that failed and then there was this, an example of where they did it again. it was a success story so there's everyone's homework let me know if you come up with that uh kyle let's get into the breaking news uh the first one i want to lead off with is rob havenstein the offensive tackle for the los angeles rams he signed a four-year 32 million dollar extension to continue his career with the la rams he was a second round pick in 2015 started 43 games uh since then and uh, he's been a fixture for them at right tackle here's my take on this kyle i think he's probably an average right tackle in the NFL, but this is the kind of money that I'm not comfortable committing to Rob Havenson. I I think a lot about replacement level players. And I think that's exactly what Rob Havenson is. I think I would want to invest those resources in the Aaron Donalds of my team and the Marcus Peters. And you know, they've already invested in Todd Gurley, but Jared Goff's coming up. I just feel like you have to prioritize extensions And giving these mid-level deals to replaceable players, I think, is where teams get themselves in trouble down the road.
1: Yeah, it seems like an odd player to kind of – first of all, I'd say this. I like that the Rams kind of know who their core guys are, and they're making an effort to keep those guys here long-term. I think that's a smart way of conducting business, especially with a lot of these guys being players that have been brought in by the Rams – within the last couple of years. So you have a young core, but Rob Havenstein, I mean, uh, by and large, you you would assume a average right tackle in the NFL is now going to get eight and a half average per year. And you guys are scraping the the bottom of the barrel trying to sign arguably the best defensive player in football. And you just gave away – little less than half of what you would need to sign him while also giving out a large number of contracts to other players this off season. And, um, yeah, I mean the, the, the numbers here really makes you wonder how the Rams are going to finesse this. If they're going to keep Aaron Donald, I know it. And Dominic and Sue's coming off the books next year. He's the only there in a one year deal. I think he's signed for like 12 or $15 million or something like that. But, You know, a lot of these contracts have escalators. A lot of these contracts have uh, money that's not necessarily going to go down the deeper into the contract it gets. So the Rams, you know, I I would love to be a fly on the wall and hear what their long-term plan is with the Aaron Donald contract situation and their salary cap situation because a couple years, you're also going to have to worry about extending Jared Goff. And those contracts don't come cheap for starting quarterbacks in today's NFL.
0: Kyle, the AP poll dropped today, edition one of the college football AP poll. Uh, we're not going to dig into the whole thing, but I'm curious uh, if you have a takeaway or two from a first glance here at this uh, this fresh AP Top 25.
1: Yeah, I want to give the AP some credit for giving Wisconsin a first place vote. I'm glad somebody out there has been reading my material this summer. So that's great. Uh full disclaimer, Wisconsin was my fourth team in my personal top 25 for the draft network. I do not believe Wisconsin is the best team in the country. Um, kind of thumbing through the rest of it, surprised to see uh, Virginia Tech in the top 20 surprised to see Notre Dame at 12. You know, these are infractions that were also committed in the coaches poll as well. So I can't sit here and and get too puffy about it. But it's just I think those those two schools in particular for me stand out as being a little rich.
0: Trying to look at the comparison here of the AP top 25 and the coaches poll and which teams, you know, if there's any differences in which teams are represented and not. Uh, Coaches poll has Oklahoma State at 25. I don't think that's a team that's going to place this year too much turnover in my opinion although look, the, the the cowboys yeah. are typically very good under mike gundy is there another team here is that the only uh, only their oregon oregon the uh the ap poll has oregon instead of oklahoma state so i think that's the big difference the only difference when it comes to the actual teams represented
1: and not a lot of deviation no um i think the, the biggest difference you find is like West Virginia and Virginia Tech, respectively, are 17 and 20 on each poll. And they're flipped back around. And then uh, I I think that is the biggest difference you would have between any two teams in the top 25. Just kind of looking at these polls side by side. It's West Virginia and Virginia Tech are three spots apart, and they're flipped on each poll.
0: And the coaches are higher on Ohio State in the Big Ten than the AP, who favors Wisconsin, as it stands today uh okay, let's move on here we've got the, we talked about Adrian Peterson yesterday on the show and how he was visiting the Redskins and now he is a redskin surprise uh yeah it happened uh, they are desperate over there to uh to commit to the washed up Adrian Peterson now it doesn't mean oh, he's gonna dear. be the future guy and carry the ball twenty five <laughs> times a game but uh this is this is where the uh where the Redskins are right now in their running back situation
1: yeah this is not great uh Peterson was probably one of the worst backs in football last year. And um, I know, was, was Orleans Darkwood brought in for a visit in Washington or was yeah. he visiting elsewhere?
0: No, he's he's coming in. I don't know if that's going to continue or whatnot, but yeah. I thought he was part of the visits, yes. In
1: 2018, you can give me Orleans Darkwood 10 times out of 10 over Adrian Peterson. I'm sorry, yeah. but that's that's yeah. kind of how I feel.
0: I don't think that's wrong. The last one here, Kyle, is that Josh Allen has been named the Bills' starting quarterback for this week three preseason game on Sunday against Cincinnati. Here's why I think this is significant. Sean McDermott, meticulous man. He's the kind of person that is very detail-oriented to the point that if the Bills are going to wear blue on Sunday, the offense wears blue. If they're going to wear white, the offense wears white. I mean, he is a detail guy. Week three is the dress rehearsal for the regular season. This is a very strong indication that Josh Allen will be the week one starting quarterback for the Buffalo Bills because I don't think Sean McDermott's going through the dress rehearsal without his QB one. So ready or not, it looks like this is going to be the guy for the Bills against the Ravens in week one.
1: You feel better now that you got that into the news headlines?
0: It's a, We're it's announcing
1: amazing. a starting quarterback in a preseason it's, game.
0: Yeah. If it was Lamar Jackson starting Week Three against the uh, you know whatever team for the Ravens, that would be a big deal. I think this is a big deal. It's been a a a race here, and Josh Allen, as raw as everyone believed he was, including myself, has really shown growth, and he's in position now to be the the Day One starting quarterback. Something I didn't envision being a possibility several months ago.
1: Joe, real quick, can you be a voice of reason here? I'm seeing people, not like fans either like people who are professionals in the industry talking about how whoever worked with Josh Allen this summer's you know, done a terrific job because they fixed his footwork and do you feel do you feel like Josh Allen's footwork is definitely fixed do you feel like anything can be fixed over the course of a summer and through looks in two preseason games
0: well, I think the growth is obvious. Sure. You know, I'm I'm not going to sit here and say any he's fixed by any means okay. given where he was, and, and you know we got to find out on Sunday. He's going against what I think is a good Bengals defense with talent on all three levels of the field, really good secondary and a lot of good pass rush. So, hey, we're going to find out on Sunday. Um, but uh, yeah, the growth and, and that's what I keep going back to because I'm not getting ahead of myself in any way, shape, or form. But the growth, even from the biggest Josh Allen haters of the planet, the growth has been obvious. Kyle, shall we move on here to some schedule predictions? And so what we've done here for this segment is we we both have a pro team and a college team that we are going to give to the other person. We don't know what teams they are. And we're going to go through a week by week, predict win, loss and come up with a final record uh, based on what we what we perceive these teams as today. Yes. So Kyle, do you want to get yours first I would give me one I first? would
1: love to give you one first and I'm going to do your college team first.
0: Okay, all right, okay. let's do it. And I don't know what team this is. For no, Fulton's yeah, foot, there's, this, there's, is-
1: this is completely off the cuff, which is what's going to make this so great because Joe, today's segment after this one is takes on takes. And we solicited some takes from our audience and our boss JC Cornell Chimed in (laughs) and asserted that he thought UCLA was going to win the Pac-12. So Joe, I would like you to go through the UCLA 2018 football schedule, pick wins and losses, and tell me if JC's take that UCLA will win the Pac-12 is a correct take or an incorrect take.
0: I have been trapped, but let's do this.
1: I've got you good. As yeah, soon you. as you told me what we were doing, I knew this was exactly where I was going to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna cut All you right. down from the knees. I'm
0: going to be honest here, so let's do it.
1: Okay, home September 1st against the Cincinnati Bearcats. Win. There you go. We're off to a great start. Uh, September 8th uh, on the road in Norman against Oklahoma. Loss. One and one. Home against Fresno State. Win. Two and one. On the road against Colorado. On a Friday. Don't know if that makes a difference. Win. Three and one. Home against Washington Huskies. Loss. Three and two. On the road, again, in Berkeley against Cal. Mm.
0: That's a loss.
1: Three and three. Home. Homecoming. Against the Arizona Wildcats, loss. Three and four, home against the Utah Utes, loss. Three and five. I have a feeling UCLA is not going to win the Pac-12 in your eyes,
0: Joe. No, this is not. This is not going well.
1: Three and five, four games to go. Uh, home are on the road against the Oregon Ducks, loss. Three and
0: six.
1: On the road at Arizona State. Win. Four and six. Home against USC. Loss. Four and seven. Home against Stanford.
0: No, this is a loss, too.
1: Four and eight. Joe, you have the Pac-12 champion UCLA Bruins going four and eight in 2018. For full disclosure, I think UCLA finds seven wins on this schedule
0: yeah not great kyle not great hopefully uh jc and i are still on speaking terms uh after that but i had to be honest for the people and it sounds like i think ucla is a four to six win team if they achieve everything it's a tough schedule but um i think the future will be good and bright once uh you know ucla and and chip kelly is able to get his guys in there so All right, Kyle, it's time for me to give you yours. And I'm disappointed that I didn't think of this. Um, Yeah, nicely done there. I want to give you a team that you've talked a lot about this, uh, this summer and a team that is in a very difficult division in the Big Ten East. And I'm talking about the Michigan Wolverines. So it's time for you to really let us know what you think about Shea Patterson and Jim Harbaugh and this NFL defense that is the Michigan Wolverines. So... We start out at Notre Dame, week one.
1: I think that's a win. Uh, I know it's on the road, but Notre Dame, nothing offense. I don't know how they move the ball against Michigan.
0: All right, one and zero. We got uh, Western Michigan at home. Win. Two and zero at home against SMU. Win. At home against Nebraska. Win. Four and zero to start the year are the most Michigan Wolverines at Northwestern. <sighs>
1: This one's tough because Northwestern's like always super competitive, and I believe they're coming off a bye that week. Uh, I'll still go Michigan just because I think their athletes are elite relative to Northwestern.
0: 5-0 and 0. Uh, at home against Maryland. Win. 6-0. and 0. So here we go. Now we get to the fun part of the of Michigan's schedule. 6-0 and 0 going into a home game against Wisconsin. Home home they get to the Badgers come to Wisconsin
1: mm. win
0: all right so seven and0 with a big signature win we're talking they're gonna be in the top four in the playoff rankings after that all right now yeah, that, that, the
1: world's gonna go crazy on Michigan it is.
0: now now does does the does it only last for one week because next week they go at they go to Michigan State for a team that's on the rise there with your guy, Brian Lewerke at quarterback.
1: Yeah, this was, this was an interesting game last year where Michigan state jumped on top of them early. And then it started to rain and Michigan state couldn't throw the ball. Uh, Michigan's bringing back nine guys defensively as starters last year, but Michigan state's bringing back 10 offensive starters. So, um, I'm going to go with Michigan State, but if I was doing the spread in that game, it would be Michigan State by like one or two. And I'm taking Michigan State because it's a home game.
0: Seven and one. Playoff hopes are alive still for Michigan. Uh, After the loss to Michigan State, they host Penn State.
1: Yeah, Penn State got them good last year, but Penn State lost a ton offensively. I take Michigan in this game.
0: All right, eight and one. Uh, then they travel to Rutgers. Win nine and one. They host Indiana. Win ten and one, and then we know the, the the game, the big the big game at the end of the year. Michigan Wolverines traveling to Ohio State.
1: As much as I would like to pick Michigan. Ohio State has owned this rivalry lately, and I don't see any kind of trump card that would push the the ball back into Michigan's court this year as a road game. So I'll go with Ohio State, have Michigan finish the regular season at 10-2, and two, and miss the Big Ten championship.
0: Who gets in? So now you have them beating Wisconsin. So who wins the Big Ten East in this scenario?
1: Um, Sounds like Ohio State. Michigan State plays Michigan and Ohio State at home.
0: They go to Penn State and to Wisconsin.
1: They don't play Wisconsin.
0: Oh, that's where ah, Michigan got shafted with that one on huh? because that's right. Yeah, the other Michigan, Michigan.
1: Michigan's got a super tough, <laughs> and then they play Notre Dame as a non-con game. So, like, that's a really <sighs> tough slate for Michigan relative to Michigan State. Michigan State's non-conference schedule is Utah State, Arizona State, and Central Michigan.
0: And they don't play the Big Ten East
1: either.
0: Oh, no, they do. They do play
1: play the Big Ten East, but they've got Penn State, which is the easiest team of the three other powers in the division, is the only road game. And then they have Michigan at home and Ohio State at home.
0: It's favorable.
1: The schedule lies really favorably for Michigan State. I think they would probably – I would expect them to steal the game against Penn State and steal one of the two other games against Michigan and Ohio State and make the Big Ten championship game with one loss in the conference. All
0: right. So 10 and two, Michigan Wolverines.
1: Yeah. And, you know, if they come out and they win a bowl game, a New Year's Day or a New Year's Eve bowl, that's a good turnaround bounce back season for Michigan after, you know, the eight and five debacle last year. Joe, NFL time. All right. I got a schedule for you. One of the most avid, passionate fan bases in the NFL, but some questions. Talking, of course, about the Dallas Cowboys. So oh, You
0: didn't give me the Buccaneers.
1: No. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't want JC getting too pissed off at you on, uh, <laughs> on this Tuesday episode of the Dudes. So I'm going to work through the Dallas Cowboys regular season schedule, and I want you to tell me what record they finish at at the end of the year. All right. On the road against Carolina. Loss. Loss. Home against the Giants. Win. One and one. On the road against Seattle. Loss. One and two. Home against Detroit. Win. Two and two. On the road against the Texans.
0: Hmm.
1: I know this is tough because you like the Texans this year.
0: I do. Um This is a hard one. Uh, I'm gonna give that a loss. It's the they stack up favorably. Texans do one defense. Two
1: and two and three. Home against the Jaguars.
0: <laughs> uh, that's gonna be a ten to three game, huh? Um We'll give them the win. We'll give them the benefit of the doubt there.
1: Wow. Look, they're sp- I was not
0: expecting you to give them that. They're going to split. We're going to split that Houston and, and Jacksonville. So I gave okay. them Yeah, That's yeah. kind
1: of my go one and one. Guess. So three and three. Yeah. Uh, last game before the bye, on the road against the Redskins. Uh,
0: we'll go win there.
1: Okay, so four and three. Coming out of the bye, they're home against the Titans. Win. Five and three. Road against the Eagles. Loss. Five and four. Road against the Falcons. Loss. Five and five. Home against the Redskins. Win. Six and five. Home against the Saints. Loss. Six and six. Home against the Eagles. Loss. Six and seven. At the Colts. Win. Seven and seven. Home against the Bucks. Win. Eight and seven. At the Giants. Loss. Eight and eight.
0: Yep. Dallas Cowboys. Joe
1: Marino has the Dallas Cowboys going eight and eight. I thought that last three game stretch, you were going to give them all three games and bail them out and give them nine wins.
0: No, no. Well, and look, I saw some some of the Cowboys guys on Twitter today Jonah Tolles, Marcus Moser. They were talking about them being a 10 win team. So take off the fan goggles and it's an eight win team. I I am fine with this projection. And now, uh, you know, America's team is going to at me on Twitter. And my, my handle is at grinding the tape. So if you haven't, no, that's not true. And
1: at grinding the tape gave you guys Noah Fant in his mock draft yes, this it. week. Yes. So, so be kind to grinding the tape.
0: All right, Kyle. Your team is the San Francisco 49ers. This is a team okay. that they went crazy at the end of the year where well, they went six in a row to close out the year, five, the last five with Jimmy G yeah. in the lineup. By all intents and purposes, this is a, an improved roster. Um, and so let's find out just how hot this team is and where you think they are uh, throughout the course of this season. So uh, things start off a little bit difficult. They're at home. uh, Excuse me. They go on the road at the Vikings to start the year. Yeah, it's a loss. 0-1-1. They host the Lions week two.
1: I think that's a win.
0: 1-1. At Kansas City.
1: I think that's a win.
0: 2 and one at
1: the Chargers. Man, they they got the shaft here with the road games early, didn't they? <laughs> they
0: did 3 out of the first 4 on the
1: road. Uh, yeah, you can um you can give that one a loss. So I think that, I think kind, kind of like the mentality you had with the Cowboys at that that two-game split where they were going to go 1-1. Mm-hmm. Chiefs and
0: Chargers. I think that
1: Chiefs and Chargers will go 1-1 in that split. And right. the good news is that that Chargers game, you know, it's still somewhat local even though it's a road game. So, but I still think they'll drop that.
0: Two and two through the first quarter. Then uh, yeah. they, the Cardinals, they host the Cardinals. Win. Three and two at Green Bay. <sighs> it's Sunday night game. Sunday night? Yeah.
1: Oh, got to go Rodgers.
0: <laughs> three and three. Hosting the Rams Sunday night.
1: I was going to say that's a primetime game that too, is. isn't the it? The
0: Packers game was Monday, uh, Monday night. I'm not sure if that changes your opinion.
1: No, that even makes it know. more Rodgers. Okay, so it's
0: Monday. Now, now they go Sunday night, uh, hosting the Rams.
1: If they're going to get one, they're going to get one at home. So give me the Niners.
0: Is that four and three? Four and three. Four and three. Okay, so now the all those that that's a that's going to be a fun little stretch. There primetime games for the Niners fans. Four and three, and now they are at Arizona Cardinals. Win. Five and three. So we're on pace for 10 and six. All right. Now we have a – Don't get their hopes up like that. <laughs>
1: don't start – don't part project the second half.
0: <laughs> Five and three with a date at home against the Raiders. Win. Six and three. Then they host the Giants. Monday night football again. Yeah. Monday night. Um Game him a win. Seven and three going into the bye. All right, 49ers fans, you taking that right now? You should. We have a bye weekend coming out of the bye. They go to Tampa Bay. That's a win. Eight and three. Now they have another Sunday night game here at Seattle.
1: Give me Seattle.
0: All right, so is that eight and four? Eight and four. Eight and four. We're going into the last quarter of the season. Three out of four games at home. And they host the Broncos in Week 14.
1: Mm. Denver.
0: Ooh, a disappointing loss for the 49ers at this point. So nine, uh, eight and five. We're now eight and five. Now they host the Seahawks. It's a win. Nine and five. Hosting the Bears. That's a win. Win ten comes in Week 16 for the 49ers. So we are t- ten and five. And then we have a date at the Los Angeles Rams to close the season. This could be for the division. What do we got?
1: No, I don't think it'll be for the division. But um, you know, they could they could win it if the Rams are sitting boys. But, you know, I'm going to take the safe bet here
0: and take the Rams at home. Ten and six. If I'm, if I'm a 49ers fan, I'm taking that. But there, there, you know what the thing is? We work through this schedule. There's some challenges there in the early to middle portions, but then it really, I mean, you got this stretch of at the Cardinals, the Raiders, the giants at the Buccaneers. I think those are all very manageable. And then that three games in a row uh, uh, there in December hosting the Broncos Seahawks and bears. I mean, this, this is a manageable schedule.
1: If you go two and one in each one of those three stretches. Yeah. I mean, if you start with that first stretch, you know, it's, it's a five week stretch. They got the bye week in there, but they go Cardinals Raiders giants bucks they go three and one there, and then they go two and one on the homestand. I mean, that that's you just got to get through the first half of the season at 500, really.
0: Yeah. Yep. And you had them at five and three. So, all right. There you have it 10 and six per Kyle crash on the San Francisco 49ers.
1: I, I still think the, the hype on the 49ers is a year premature, but I think that team will be very, very good this year. Like I just don't think they'll, they'll. I don't think they'll contend for a deep playoff run this
0: year. Takes on takes, guys. Shall we?
1: Takes on takes. Let's do it, Joe. I'm gonna feed you the first one. This one's from Ben Solak, friend of the podcast. Ben Solak, who I really like this take and wanted to get it out here early. USC, according to Ben, who studied the Pac-12 for the Draft Network, 16th in our preseason poll. Ends the season at seven and five. Maybe even six and six, and third or maybe even fourth in the Pac-12
0: South. Man, without looking at their uh, their schedule, that seems like I don't believe that to be true. I, I like USC. I think they have some uh, some talent coming back on defense. They have some receivers that I like. They're USC, so they recruit well. So the offensive line and running back situation should be fine. I don't think USC is going to be a seven win team. Like I, I think. I mean. Looking at the schedule right now, I'll say that's fake news. I think that they're going to push for 9 or 10 wins.
1: Okay, so find me the losses.
0: The losses? um,
1: Stanford. At Stanford, week two.
0: Stanford. They don't have to deal with Washington. Uh, Texas. Texas, maybe. Notre Dame, maybe. Notre Dame. Arizona, maybe. I think those – I mean, they go two and two. Utah's going to play him tough. Who is that, Utah.
1: Utah is going to play in tough. That's at at Utah.
0: So there's five. I could see
1: five. I could see five losses on this game if schedule.
0: they lose all five of those. So I, if they lose two or three, they're a nine or ten win team, which is a big deal compared to a seven win team.
1: Right, big difference.
0: I'm taking the fake news there.
1: For the record, I do not have USC ranked in the poll.
0: Oh, so you might like this.
1: Yeah, I do like this.
0: Okay. I got one for you, Kyle. Here, this comes from uh, at King. Creole 84. Scott Frost and Troy Walters will help Stanley Morgan achieve a first-round grade come spring, and the Huskers win eight to nine games and finish no worse than third in the Big Ten West.
1: No worse than third. That's where things get a little dicey here, because you got Wisconsin, you got Iowa, and you got Northwestern. I think those teams are all better than Nebraska. So I'm, I'm selling on... Nebraska being in the top three in the division. But Nebraska starts its season against Akron, Colorado, and Troy. That's 3-0. So give you you three wins right there. Then they're on the road at Michigan. They can win against Purdue. They can win against Minnesota. They can win against Illinois. They can win against Iowa and Northwestern. But both those games are road games. I think this team probably wins six or seven games this year. But um, I'm selling on them being that high. And I'm here for the Stanley Morgan love, obviously. First One my round fans. First round break. Um that's probably gonna be a bit rich for me. Top fifty? But top fifty, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, let's see, who else we got here? Uh Carter LaSalle I'm mm. handing out all the draft network takes. Uh Carter thinks Teddy Bridgewater makes the Pro Bowl this year, Joe.
0: No, I don't think that's gonna happen. I think he's gonna be
1: why do you hate fun?
0: Uh, I just look, I'm being honest with the people. I think he's going to be a jet. He's going to, you know, I think there's going to be, he'll get some time on the field. Um, but I don't think that he's going to play enough to be a Pro Bowl. I, I think I don't think he's going to be traded. I don't. You disagree, agree, or move on here.
1: I don't think he makes the Pro Bowl either, for the record. Right. But I do think he probably gets traded. I'm
0: going to give you this one. Evan Winter says Tennessee Volunteers. We'll finish with at least seven wins. First year under head coach Jeremy Pruitt. What do you think there, Kyle? Man,
1: this is a fun show because we're getting into all the scheduling stuff, right? Yeah. We're trying to work our way through. So the the SEC West uh, – hold on. My producer's pulling up their schedule right now. I just want to look at it real quick. Right. I want to say something we're going to regret and piss off the fan base.
0: <laughs>
1: seven well, wins
0: we're looking for here, Kyle.
1: Seven wins. Okay, they'll get one against East Tennessee State. They'll get one against UTEP. They could sneak one against Florida. They can sneak one against – or they'll get one against Charlotte. They'll get Kentucky. They'll get Vanderbilt. So we're at six.
0: Now this is a team that didn't win an SEC game last year. So now you have them with – is this two SEC wins already?
1: Florida, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt.
0: There's three. Three. Wow. So what about Missouri?
1: Mm, I think that, that offense has too much firepower.
0: So this is a six wins for them to keep track. I got six
1: wins and then potentially a bowl game. So I'll say maybe.
0: Okay.
1: Say maybe, but he said at least seven wins. Yeah, so 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 I would shade away from that at least.
0: That stretch of Georgia, Auburn, Alabama is uh, that should be illegal.
1: And then and then they have South Carolina on the road with South Carolina coming off of a bye the week prior. Yeah.
0: This, I mean. So that's not great. That's that's it's the SEC, though. That's how things go.
1: Thank goodness their bye week stretched in there. <laughs> you know, they they're at Georgia bye week at Auburn and then home against Alabama. That's uh that's tough. Uh Joe, next one for you comes from Will Young. Willie Y underscore 19 on Twitter says the Rams do not make the playoffs. Collecting talent doesn't constitute a successful team.
0: I agree with the second half of that statement. I agree. It's not about having, you know, just great players and building a dream team. We saw what was that, the 2011 or uh, 2013 Eagles when they did that? They didn't work. I think the nucleus of this team, like we talked about earlier, is in place. And I think Sean McVay is a tremendous head coach. Wade Phillips is the right person to be on that staff and leading that defense. And um, you know, I think Aaron Donald needs to get his ass into the building. But uh, this team is going to make the playoffs. They're going to win the NFC West. And um, conceptually, I'm fine with it. But this specific example of the Rams, no, that's that's a good football team. They're going to be in the playoffs.
1: Can we talk about on the Rams schedule? They play the Vikings, the Packers, the Saints, and the Eagles this year in the regular season.
0: That's the NFC, man. It's a good conference.
1: That's that's terrific.
0: So we'll find out. Uh, Kyle, man, there's some good ones this week. Uh, Jordan How this comes from Mountaintop Scouting. Thank you for – you always have great takes that we like. Yeah, to he does. Uh, Jordan Howard and Trey Burton will follow the Nagy blueprint for Kareem Hunt and Travis Kelsey. Both finished top ten at their position in yardage for 2019. So
1: 2019, not this year.
0: Well, you know, I think he meant to say 2018. I read it as In
1: 2018? I mean, Jordan Howard's rushed for over 1,000 yards in each of his first two seasons. Um, I don't think uh, Tariq Cohen's going to eat into his carries as much as Cohen's going to be kind of a gadget guy. Um, and if you're talking top 10 receiving tight ends, I mean, you're going to have, what, probably four or five of them that are over six, 700 yards. I think that's a realistic take to suggest that both those guys get into the top 10.
0: I, I agreed with it by the way uh, Howard's been top five rushing yards uh, both seasons to start his career and then Burton weird. I think Burton's getting a lot of looks so I like it.
1: okay here's um here Joe here's my last one for you right. It's from Jonathan Poor okay. Poor Jonathan on Twitter Jonathan you gotta come up with a better better I know your last name's poor with an e, but your your handle can't be poor Jonathan. Let's, let's kind of put our brains together and put some, some suggestions in for Jonathan for his Twitter <laughs> handle. But he says John Ross, A.J. Green, and Tyler Eifer combined for 2,500 yards and 30 touchdowns this year.
0: Okay. Um, so for this to be mathematically possible, you're basically counting on like 1,200 yards from A.J. Green. And then how, what does that leave me? I need another
1: 1,200 yards. So I need. So, yeah, like 650 each.
0: Man, I, I don't know about that. Um, I think they're going to get the running backs involved in the passing offense quite a bit. I think that Tyler Boyd's going to have some market share here. This mixture of Josh Malone, on Tate, I think those guys are going to get some looks. Um, John Ross has so much to prove you know, for him to get that. Could he catch 30 balls for 650 yards? Yeah, he could. But, man, that's infinity more yards in, in catches than he had last year. 30 touchdowns is probably – I think the 2,500 yards is more likely than the 30 touchdowns, to be honest with you. I agree. Um, I
1: agree wholeheartedly. So I'm
0: going to say both – of they, they they fall short on both marks here, especially the touchdowns. They might only have maybe half of that when it comes to the touchdowns. Obviously, if Eifert's healthy, and he's cert- certainly capable, and, and John Ross, if that speed translates to production in the NFL, that, that uh, remains to be seen. But I'm going to say that this is not true. I guess I have one more for you, Kyle. To, to Let's go. Talking. I'm ready. Uh, Spaceman. Either Alabama or Clemson or both missed the playoffs this year.
1: Nah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fake news. Just, those teams are so good. um, I think if you had to pick one that was more likely to miss, it's probably Alabama, right? Alabama, you know, they're, they're, them being in the SEC, you know, they're automatically going to have to play Auburn, who's entering the year as a top 10 rated team. So that's uh, unenviable to say the least. Um, They don't play Georgia. So that's a win for them. They do play LSU at LSU. And uh, LSU might actually have some competent quarterback play this year with Joe Burrow transferring over from Ohio State. So that's an exciting possibility. Yeah, I mean, I just run up and down the schedule. You know, their their non-con is Louisville, Arkansas State, and the Citadel. They ain't losing any of those football games. And they're at Ole Miss, home against Texas State. I'm sorry, they also have Louisiana on the (laughs) non-conference schedule. Away at Arkansas, home against Missouri, at Tennessee, bye week at LSU, Mississippi State, the Citadel, Auburn. I don't see any way that team doesn't win eleven of those games.
0: Well, here so the the course for Alabama to not make the playoffs is they have to get two losses, and let me tell you how that's possible. Right. They have you have LSU, you have Mississippi State, you have Auburn. You lose one of those games, and you lose the, the SEC, SEC championship, championship to game, Georgia. Then there's yep. the two losses. Alabama's probably out in that scenario.
1: But uh, but I think if you look at the national landscape yeah, this year, we
0: talked about that.
1: Yeah, it's a weird year. I wouldn't be surprised if a two team, two lost teams in the playoff.
0: Yeah, that's what makes me think about Washington as a dark horse playoff team. To be honest with, you.
1: yeah. If I mean, even if they Auburn, lose, Auburn, yeah. Even well, I mean, even if they lose to Auburn, right?
0: Right, went out.
1: You could still even technically lose a Pac-12 game. But if you win the the championship and you're dominant for a vast majority of your games.
0: This is the year, right? This is the year there's going to be a couple of two-loss teams that get in. There's going to be a couple of two-loss teams that don't get in. And right. The, it's going to be
1: a big controversy, yeah. and it's going to be like the, <laughs> the watermark argument to expand to yep. 18.
0: Yep. That's what's going to happen.
1: Yeah. Well... We'll have to plug in and wait and see. You guys can plug into the Draft Dudes by hitting that subscribe button and follow along with us. We'd like to thank you for carving some time out of your day. Uh, We hope you guys enjoyed takes on takes and us working through some of the the college and pro schedules. And, Joe, I enjoyed this. This might be something we see again. Yeah. Would not be surprised. Um, So hit that subscribe button and make sure you guys keep up with every episode of the Draft Dudes. We are bringing you content on a Monday through Friday basis. Also, make sure you swing over to thedraftnetwork.com. Mock Draft 1.0 from yours truly went up yesterday. Uh, If you did not read it, please feel free. Give me your thoughts. Uh, I'm numb to the criticism at this point anyway, so it's no big deal. You you guys can let it rip. Uh, Joe's drops next Monday, so keep visiting until then. Make sure you catch Joe's Mock Draft 1.0, which will drop next Monday on the site. I'm Kyle Krabs with Joe Mario.